This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. It's a Blood Red podcast, courtesy of the Liverpool Echo. I'm Guy Clark. Welcome along. We'll get into the Diaz debut. Harvey sparkling on his Anfield return and question whether a cup domination is on the cards for the Reds this season. Plus, Sadio the Mane as he leads Senegal to AFCON success. And also, we will look ahead to the midweek meeting with Leicester City at Anfield. To get into all of that, I have the O Squires, Brown Flakes boy, Matt Addison, and a debutant himself looking to steal the show, Richard Garnett. Gents, I trust that you are all well. And uh, Theo, I'll throw over to you first. You were at Anfield for the FA Cup fourth round win over Cardiff City. Fifth round with Norwich City to come. But, uh, well, the day all about Harvey Elliott yesterday. Yeah, he was the, the Mane, wasn't he? Is yeah. that is that what you're trying to do? No, I yeah, I actually was uh, confused myself with what I was doing. But yeah, I, I won't <laughs> lift the lid down too much. But yeah, I had myself playing back through my ears. So it wasn't too fun. Yeah, um, Harvey Elliott, I think in the first half, it was just a feeling of, let's get this out of the way. We don't care about this game that much. We just want to see Harvey Elliott make his return from injury. And we want to see Luis Diaz make his debut. And sure enough, when the two of them came on, it did lift Anfield. And then you can sit back and enjoy the game and see what they're, they're about. Um, I, I'm focusing on Elliot. Uh, you can tell he's waiting for that moment, can't you? Like I know Jurgen Klopp was excited. Um, was it Arsenal, Shrewsbury, those games when they're saying he's back in training and he looks so with it and they wanted to throw him in, but they realised they had to be a bit smarter about it. They had to take that bit of time to get him back up to speed. But he didn't look like a player that's been out for, what, five months or whatever it's been. Um, I think he had the second most shots on the pitch for Liverpool. And he's just, even though he's not a scouser, he's Liverpool through and through, isn't he? He's a boyhood fan. He knows what it means to the fans. He is living their dream. And he just looks it's like he's never been away. Um, when Liverpool did this tactical revamp in the summer with the advanced right-sided midfielder, it was a role that is perfect for Harvey Elliott. And when you took him out of it because of the injury, it did take a little bit of a while for the other players to get used to it, whether it was Naby Keita, Jordan Henson, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. But he's just that perfect fit in it. And it's remarkable that Liverpool are basically changing how they play around an 18-year-old. That's how good he is. And the fact that he can come back after however long out and play like he did, that's how good he is. Like It's like he'd never been away and Cardiff couldn't deal with him. His goal was sublime. The way he brings it down, he gets on back on side in the first place and brings down Andy Robertson's cross, kills it completely with that one touch and just drills it into the bottom corner. But then he was getting involved with his teammates, always on the ball, always looking to pick it up and pass it, whether he was drifting out wide, linking up with the fullback or cutting inside. He's just an exciting player. And you forget, he's only really been a proper first-team player for four or five games. Back in August, back in September, he had the good preseason. He thought, oh, this this won't last. It can't last. He's too young. They've still got all these other senior players around him, like Henderson coming back from the Euros. They've got Thiago Alcantara. But you look at him now and he's like, well, he is Liverpool's future. We are talking about potentially a generational talent. And while it could be adrenaline that made sure he was as good as he was against um, Cardiff, and you've got to remember it is a championship side, it's still at that huge first step. And if you can pick that up and basically just carry on where he left off in September, he's going to be a big player for Liverpool for the second half of the season. Uh, whenever there's an injured player coming back, it's always groans, isn't it, when you say he's like a new signing. 
But the fact that we've barely seen the real potential of Harley Elliott before, and there's always that excitement about him, about his talent, about what he can produce, this is almost like a new signing. And it's just incredible to see. Now you've got, what, eight midfielders available for Jurgen Klopp. Who the hell do you pick? Who's first choice? (laughs) Like, Are you going to be playing Harvey Elliott over Thiago, over your captain, Jordan Henderson? And then you've still got Naby Keita there. You've still got Oxlade-Chamberlain. Vice-captain James Milner, Curtis Jones. This uh, strength and depth is looking so strong, but he adds so much to this Liverpool team. It's just a shame he wasn't back a month ago because then maybe it'd be a bit tighter in the close, um, tighter in the title race, and he could have been that attacking option. But yeah, that that midfield role that they've created for him it is his role. It, they invented it around what he can do, and now he's back. He might not be in it every single week, but he is the one who's going to thrive most in it. Yeah, astonishing, isn't it, Matt? When you think about that, actually, the the dynamics of that—that that, that is Jordan Henderson's position, not just anyone. The captain of this Liverpool side who's done so much in terms of getting this team to, to where it has been and where it's been moulded under Jurgen Klopp. That actually, this is a guy who prior to this season, remember in pre-season after the first game, Jurgen Klopp said he tried Harvey in a new position. He'd never played there before, and yet, as Ian Doyle wrote in his, his post-match verdict for the Echo, we got a glimpse into the future. Yeah, we absolutely did. And I think it, it was, you know, really telling that he can just come back in after such a long layoff again, as you say, in a position that it's still new to him. Obviously, he's not played it in the time he's been injured. So he's literally done it a handful of times that he's he's played in that role. And he just looks just looks so natural in there, doesn't he? I think it's it's a position that suits him slightly better than when he plays on the right hand side of a front three, just purely because of, you know, he doesn't quite have that electric pace that, that maybe you need to, to have on the, the wing for Liverpool. But when you bring him a little bit deeper, you play him in that kind of David Silva type role, as, as people were calling it early on in the, the season. I mean, you can just see how intelligent he is, how much ahead, further ahead that he sees of of all of, of the other players. And like you say, it's it, it's the same sort of position, kind of, in a, in a way. Obviously, he plays it slightly differently, but it is the kind of Jordan Henderson role on that right of, of the midfield three. And you wonder what it's it's going to mean for him, which is is crazy to think, you know, just a, a few months on from him breaking through and, and coming into this Liverpool team that you could start to maybe see Jordan Henderson have to play a slightly different role or maybe have to be shifted across to the left to accommodate him. I mean, as Theo says, it's it, it's absolutely something that Liverpool and, and Jurgen Klopp will think about because he is just that good that you have to find a way really of, of putting him into to the sort of pitch and... and on a regular basis as well. I mean, we've seen it against Chelsea, obviously, earlier in the season. No one would have thought that Harvey Elliott would have played in, in a game of, of that magnitude, but he did. He played really well and he just, again, looked at a natural fit. So I think it'd be really interesting to see, you know, how much he plays over the next few weeks. It was only Cardiff. It was a cup game that Liverpool were able to kind of cruise through and, and put him into. But, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't put it past him to, to come off the bench against Leicester, for example. There's plenty of games coming up. It'll be interesting to see how fit he is, how sharp he is, you know, how much of, of the next few games he's he's able to play because, you know, if, if he can play sort of half of the games between now and, and the end of the season, that'll be a, a huge thing for Liverpool because he's just, he's so good, but he's also so different to, to the other midfield options they have. It's, it, it is that next evolution and you can see very much, you know, Jurgen Klopp in, in two or three years' time is going to have a team which is centred around him because he's he's just a, a really a unique talent, really. Yeah, definitely. Richard, I suppose it just sort of shows modern football, modern fandom, that as soon as the transfer window shut, I was seeing the name, the name Jude Bellingham plastered absolutely 
everywhere in the few days after it. But I suppose when you consider Harvey Elliott's age, only 18 himself, and the impact he's already had on this Liverpool team, they, they do kind of already have their own Jude Bellingham within the squad itself, especially given he plays in that midfield role. Yeah, it's incredibly exciting, I think. Um, just, you know, when you've been out for a few months at any stage of a career, it can you know, it, it takes a while to be able to uh, bed yourself back into, into that playing environment, especially at a high level of football. And yet he's just rocked up on that pitch yesterday as if he'd never been away, as if he was running the show um, and, and just created an energy around the stadium, I felt. Um, I had my son there yesterday and, and I thought, you know, you, you're, a, you're watching a game at a key moment here because here's a player who, who's potentially going to be around for a very long time and, and, and looks set to light up the Premier League. He, he really came across that well. Um, and, and I left my overriding feeling leaving that stadium yesterday was Harvey Elliott. Wow, what a player. What, what have we got here? Um, and, you know, the likes of, of Bellingham being linked to Liverpool, uh, albeit, <laughs> albeit after the window closing, it is exciting, of course. But, um, um, you know, some of these other young players, uh, Cavalion, and um, you've also got these other players that have come through, like Kate Gordon. All of a sudden, you, you're looking at things and thinking, well, one minute, people are saying this Liverpool team, you know, it, it, it's, it's a great team, but it's aging a little bit. But look at the abundance of youthful talent that's coming through now. And I fully expect Harvey Eller to be right in the centre of it. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. That's it, isn't it, Theo? And I suppose it goes back to your like a new signing shout you said before. But regardless of that, Luis Diaz is a new signing. Anton's got in touch on Facebook. We're streaming live on, on Facebook and YouTube as we record this Monday afternoon. And he says, well done, but think we need to go easy on the, the generational talent thing after you say it's only four or five games. What did strike me, though, was with the injured players coming back and the new signing with Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane also away. It's just how strong this Liverpool team is. And I suppose in the space of bringing in one player, another returning from injury and two more to come back from international duty, all of a sudden, this Liverpool squad looks so deep and so full and go back to Jurgen Klopp's comments right at the beginning of the season when he said, we don't need a Wijnaldum replacement. We've got all these midfield options. Now it's beginning to ring true. Yeah, he really um, approached it as well in his, his pre-match. In the, I think it was the embargoed section for Cardiff. He was saying, we're going to have players now who expect to start who are on the bench. We're going to have players who expect to be on the bench who aren't even going to be on the squad. And me and Doyle were talking about this after the final whistle yesterday. It's only really right back. You're lacking a proper reserve option. Now Nico Williams has gone out on my night. You think you've got three goalkeepers, four if you want to include one of the younger lads or Lloris Carrius, which we're not going to do. We'll say three goalkeepers, four good centre-backs, two exceptional left-backs. You just need to give Simicast a shout here because he was superb yesterday as well. Midfield, we're talking eight options, nine if you want to throw Tyler Morton in there, ten if you want to say Firmino's little cameo in midfield yesterday is a sign of things to come, and then eleven if you want to throw Minamino in there as well. Then it's what, seven forwards, eight if we include Kate Gordon. It is really only at the right-back slot. You don't have a high-quality reserve option. And it's the extent that there's now, what, five really good players competing for six attacking roles that Origi and Minamino are just an afterthought. And this was supposed to be a month or January where they were going to be crucial to Liverpool's hopes. And then they've gone and done this business, they've got players back from injury. 
they might not kick a ball again this season. Like they might get the FA Cup game, but that, that could be it. Then Liverpool are in the business end of that competition and they have to rotate and give, say, Firmino minutes and that rather than focusing on Origi, who could be out of contract and leaving in the summer. They've just got such depth there and it's at a time where it's needed. Like Manchester City, they've coped throughout this season better than anyone because their squad is so strong. It's so deep. Even though they don't have a striker, they've got those options. And it's felt like Liverpool haven't. Like they had the COVID-19 outbreak. Let's make a point of saying they lost two players to COVID for this one against Cardiff. You wouldn't have noticed that the squad was still that strong for it. And that's why they're clear at the top of the Premier League table. But this must be the first time in 18 months, two years, where Liverpool have actually going into a game where they might have pretty much the whole squad available to them, which shows how badly they've been stung by injuries. Like You can have fans saying, oh, they were stupid not signing a midfielder in the summer, or they are stupid not signing a new centre-back last year. They thought they had options. It's unprecedented to lose all three of your centre-backs to season and in injuries when you've still got like a Fabinho or a Henderson to be a backup or a youngster you can call upon, like Phillips or Williams. This year, Thank God they had so many midfield options. Otherwise, they'd have been in the same boat there because they were able to say we've got eight or nine options. They could afford to lose six of them and still put a team together and still compete and still be second in the table, only a few points behind. But now everyone's there and Klopp's got such a dilemma on his hands. Uh, Joe Gomez has barely kicked a ball this year. Uh, He's not started in the Premier League. I think he's only come off the bench in the Prem four times. He's only played centre-back three or four times. And this was someone who... When Liverpool winning the Premier League was first choice, he was forming this brilliant partnership with Virgil van Dijk. He looked like he was going to be first choice for club and country for years to come. And now you're looking at it going, if he wants to leave, you can't really keep him just because he is that good. He deserves to start. If he's going to be fourth choice in the second order, that's incredibly harsh on him. And then, well, is Firmino now out the scene? Like you've got uh, Diaz in there, you've got Jota in there. Is this the beginning end of Sadio Mane? He's just put in an excellent Africa Cup of Nations tournament. Midfield options, <laughs> Curtis Jones seems to go from in the starting three to right at the bottom of the pecking order every month. There's that depth there. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, he's been superb for the last couple of months, but now he could drop down right to the bottom of that pecking um, order. But then that's what you want. Like Klopp said, these players have got to really push each other now. Like We've seen how well it's worked at left-back. Now it's got to work for the rest of the team. If you've got a quality player who can also play in your um, your position, he said, you better perform and this is the perfect example, the Cardiff game, when they can make so many changes, players can state their claim, they can come back from injury and show what they're about. They've got four trophies they're up for this season. Now, a month ago, we'd have said, maybe you're in for two or three at an absolute push. We wouldn't expect Liverpool to go far in both domestic cups and the Champions League. But don't want to give up on that Premier League title yet. Now you've got this depth back. Now you've got that new signer. You can give the squad a boost and lift training. Now you've got players back from injury. You can do the exact same thing. They really are going on all fronts for every single trophy. And if as long as they pile on the pressure and all these players are performing, they're pushing each other, there's no reason why they're not going to win trophies this year. Yeah, we'll get on to, to that shortly. But before we do, let's talk about Luis Diaz, Matt. And uh, when he came on, there was that scare when everyone thought he suffered a horrible knee injury. It was a horrible knee injury in the end. Aiden Flint's size 11's breaking down. It won't be pleasant for Luis Diaz, welcome to English football. But what did you make of his brief cameo off the bench? I think the the biggest takeaway that I got from being in the ground was just how quickly he could turn and, and change direction. He was very, very fast, very sort of what you sort of saw from 
I suppose, Sadio Mane, really, when he first came to Liverpool, you were kind of taken away by how quickly he could go one direction and then suddenly change and, and go the other. And I think it was it was really exciting, actually. I think, obviously, the, the skill and the little turn on the byline for Minamino's goal was was good. I mean, there was a few other good touches. There's still a lot of, of development for, for him to do, but I think it was obviously a really good start for him. I'm sure, you know, the, the first game, he'll be glad to sort of get that out of the way and, and just get on with his, his Liverpool career, really. And I think it was uh, it, it was a really exciting sort of half an hour period or so just to, to bed him in, see what he can do. As I say, he was obviously very quick. He seemed to, to link up with his teammates quite well. I think one of the, the things that speaking to, to people who sort of watched a lot of him at Porto tended to say was that he plays pretty much exclusively off the left and, and tends to to hug that touchline and, and stay on that side. But I don't think that was necessarily the case. I think we already saw signs of him popping up a little bit in the middle. There was a period where he sort of stayed out on the right-hand side for a little bit. I think there's there's certain bits that, that Jurgen Klopp and, and Liverpool will have in mind for him. I'm not suggesting that they've already started to, to do that. I know on on Friday, Jurgen Klopp was very clear that he hadn't even met the player at that point. So it's it's very early days to, to sort of be shaping him. But I do think there's there's a real sort of, of player to, to get out of him. Obviously, we know that the quality that he already has, but I do think there's there's more to, to come from him. And yeah, I think, you know, Harvey Elliott was, was the big story yesterday, but I'm sure a lot of people coming away from Anfield would have been really pleased to, to see Luis Diaz settle in as well as he did. Again, it, it comes with the caveat of, Yes, it was Cardiff and, and yes, Liverpool should be cruising to victories against teams like that. But, you know, I'm sure we're going to see him again in, in the next couple of games. And if he can do sort of similar and provide an assist, hopefully get his first goal, it's it's only going to get more and more exciting. Yeah, I suppose, Richard, the, the caveat there, Matt offered of it, it was Cardiff. It's kind of one of those. We're, we're waxing lyrical today because of Liverpool, not really, I suppose, the context of the opposition. And you said before about Harvey Elliott, there was kind of that electricity at Anfield. And that was exactly myself, not there, but watching. It was the adjective I'd, I'd used to describe Luis Diaz. He, he looks absolutely phenomenal. Such an exciting signing. And, and what he adds to that Liverpool front four, and I say front four because I was fully expecting Roberto Firmino to not be really involved during the time he was, but seemed to drop into the midfield and it all sort of seemed to come together. Yeah, I think anyone who went to the game yesterday, the first thing they would have looked at is Harvey Elliott's back from injury, Luis Diaz is in the squad. Are we going to see these players perform? And and they did. And I think they came into the game just at the right time as well. Obviously, Cardiff had, had done pretty well. They put a put a good shift in uh, and, and I'd managed to, uh, although Liverpool had plenty of the ball in that first half, they weren't really doing a lot with it. And I think when Elliot and, and Diaz got onto the pitch, uh, everything changed really in that respect. And, and, it, and it really opened up and, and, and tired Cardiff out. But uh, Diaz uh, looks, looks exciting. Uh, as you said, he's, he, he wasn't just uh, limited to that left-hand side. He was he was coming into the mid and, and and looked like he was capable of giving giving those Cardiff defenders the run around a bit and and obviously uh, uh, weighed in with with an assist late on as well. But I, I think whether he would look to um, start him against Leicester or not, I, I'm not too sure on that. I think I think the impact that he made against Cardiff. Um, albeit that was a championship side, I think possibly is something you might look to replicate against Leicester. I just think that, like it's someone that you could bring on later in a game, and 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 you know while he's still bedding himself into Premier League football and and, and try and make an impact from from that starting point. Uh, whether he chooses to go down that route, of course, uh, uh, I would have no idea. But that, that that's the way I could see him 
being played uh, initially? Because obviously some players that have come in, into the club, um, we haven't even seen them in and around the first team for a few months. The likes of Navi Kisa, Fabino, uh, just to name a couple. Normally, you know, these are players that seem to have been embedded into Klopp's philosophy first before they've been been let loose on the pitch. But obviously, he's, he's looked at Diaz a little bit differently and, and given him a run out, which which everyone enjoyed. Um, and I, 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 I did did have a sharp intake of breath when I saw him clutching that knee. Uh, and I thought, well, blimey, what's happened there? Surely not. Uh, but thankfully, it was okay. And I, I did think after that, uh, that uh, he kind of, I wouldn't say drifted out the game, but perhaps was a bit more careful about where he, where he was putting himself, perhaps. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, hopefully, uh, we'll see him again on Thursday. Uh, but uh, I have a feeling it might not be from the start. Yeah, stay away from big bad Aiden Flint, I think was the take home from uh, <laughs> Luis Diaz after after that encounter. Right, Theo, let's get serious. The Cup Crusade for Liverpool. How serious are they this year? And how, how far do we think they can go? Obviously not been beyond the fifth round in the FA Cup during Jurgen Klopp's tenure, but, but Norwich City in the next round, into the final of the Carabao Cup, the Champions League, we know the club's association with that. Real chance to fill up the trophy cabinet this season, isn't there? Yes, there is. And it, it kind of feels like a surprise because of what happened to them last year. But at the same time, it, it shouldn't feel like a surprise because if you take out the injury crisis and the pandemic, they'd have been competing for honours last year. They were just they were stung by that. They had their efforts taken away from them when they could have been going for the title again or they could have been going for the Champions League. They just had to get over the line, get into the top four to maintain their momentum. Now we're seeing them go for honours again. Um, against Chelsea... These are what the second and third best teams in the country, if you want to uh, be honest about it, depending on how you view City. It is going to be a tight game, but you know what Liverpool are capable of on the day. You know what Chelsea are capable of on their day. They've had two great draws this season. You expect it to be a tight game, but Liverpool, actually both of them, have <laughs> got their man winning mentality. Uh, Chelsea could be going into that game as champions of the world, as Liverpool were a couple of years ago. Uh, they've both been European champions. It's going to be a really intriguing one like to think Liverpool with this strength and depth can have enough to see off the game but it's just what 90 minutes 120 minutes maybe a penalty shootout that's your first trophy of the season that's as close as it is FA Cup it's quite a nice fifth round tie Norwich at home um, beat them in the League Cup gonna have them what, one away against them on the opening day of the season got them again in the league in a couple of weeks time you think they should have enough to beat Norwich and then it's just how the fixtures fall how close you are in Premier League contention what you do in the Champions League, if you keep pressing, if you manage to get a nice, comfortable win in the first leg so you can rotate, play, uh, rotate players in the second leg, that will decide how far they're going in all these competitions. You're at that stage where we're talking about all this depth. They should have enough to do what City have been doing for a few years and competing on all fronts. There is no reason why they can't, but you're at the mercy of the fixture list and who you've got available for each game. Like we could be say, having this saying, how great things are for Liverpool now where they've got all these players fit, available for games. They could just have an injury crisis right around the corner or another COVID-19 outbreak and have a few players out for a little while. It's just at mercy of all this. But Liverpool are one of the best teams in England, in Europe, in the world. They should be competing for honours. They should be winning honours. They've got a chance of winning the League Cup. They're going to have a chance of winning the FA Cup. They're at this stage now and they can go for it because they've got that depth. It's a trophy. You can't turn your nose up at a trophy. Champions League, don't want to get too carried away for it just yet because I don't think you ever 
predict you're going to win it in the round of 16, do you? It's when you get to the quarterfinals. That's the business end. That's when the final's in sight. You see which big names are left in it. You dream of all these big European away days and that's see how far you can go. They've done it before. They've got to the final twice. No reason why they can't again. And then Premier League, um, they have to win at the Etihad. They have to basically win every game, pile the pressure on City, win at the Etihad and see where it takes them. But yeah, they are one of the best and hopefully they're going to get the silverware this year to prove it. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I was going to say, Matt, do Liverpool have to... Is is this now the time where they say, where are the priorities? It's the last 16 of the FA Cup. It's the last 16 of the Champions League. It's the final of the Carabao Cup. It is the business end of the season. The, the Premier League points gap and deficit is what it is. Can they claw it back? Maybe it comes down to to that game at the Etihad and until then, just plug away and do what they can. But we've gone on already about how much depth there is in this squad that actually, no, this is a club with a winning mentality and a muscle memory for going on these kind of runs that they can, that actually now it's the time to to, to prove themselves, show what they've got and, and put one of these runs together when the pressure begins to build. Yeah, there's there's no reason I don't think to um, to prioritise one over the other or, or pick and choose. I think even if Liverpool make eleven changes now, you, you're pretty happy that they could beat most of the teams, whether that's the, the Premier League, whether that's Norwich in the FA Cup, whatever it might be. I mean, you you can make wholesale changes now with the the players that they've got available, and it, it doesn't make that much of a difference. Obviously, it's it's not quite as good as the the first choice eleven, but it's it's not a big gap. I think that is the the extent of, of the squad that Liverpool have now. So. I don't know. It's it's one of those where I think it might become clearer the further down the line we get. Maybe in another month's time, City have extended the gap or maybe the gap is, is the same and maybe you make those decisions then. But right now, I think Liverpool have, have just got to go go on all four fronts, really. I think the, it's the Leeds game, isn't it? It's been rearranged a few days before the, the Carabao Cup final. But I mean, you, you can make five or six changes against Leeds and, and still beat Leeds at Anfield for sure because, you know, five or six changes might mean that you know, Thiago comes in or Naby Keita comes in or it might be Firmino plays instead of Jota. Like, you know, the, the swaps that Liverpool can make, it's it's not going to be a case of, of being so weak that you drop points and, and then go into the Carabao Cup final. It's it's a case of they can win, you know, a number of games in a row. Obviously, as Theo says, things can change quickly with COVID, with injuries. But right now, there's, there's no reason to prioritise or, or pick one over the other. They can absolutely win every game they go into. And as I say, even with five or six changes against 95% of the teams they're going to come up against, even with five, six changes, you'd still make them you know, heavy favourites to, to win the game. So yeah, that's that's why it's so exciting, isn't it, for the rest of this season. They've, they've got all of these possibilities open to them and Harvey Elliott, Luis Diaz and Thiago have just you know really added to those as well. So yeah, all positive, all exciting stuff. It's worth uh, pointing out as well that it's only the Premier League that you're not allowed to make five substitutions. So for all of these fronts, they can change half their team if they want to. They can leave a Salah or a Van Dijk or a Fabinho out of the starting eleven if they want to rest them. And if things are going away from them a little bit, bring big players on at half-time or at the hour mark or at the 75-minute mark. Uh, we saw how well that worked against Leicester earlier in the Carabao Cup. If you've got that strength on the bench, it's a bit of a gamble, but it's there for you to be able to need it. So they can still manage this fixture list rather well. It puts them in a good position, but it puts City in a good position as well. Or you can do it the other way around, of course, can't you? You could play Salah Romane, get two or three goals up and then 
take them take off them and, and do it that way. That's, so. been, that's been a long trick of Jurgen Klopp's, hasn't it? Of yeah. Bringing those front three off and, and keeping them fresh, albeit they start a lot of games, they don't actually tend to, to all finish them. And you mentioned there about the five subs in the Premier League. For now, you can't. It seems obviously next season with IFAB looking to push it through in March that actually five subs may well become the norm. We'll have to wait and see if the Premier League do fully adopt that law change or not. But in terms of kind of how Liverpool are competing on all fronts. I know I'm not here to give opinion. I'm going to give one now, though. And I think I've made it clear over the last few weeks, I think the title race perhaps is beyond Liverpool. Maybe they can work themselves back into it. But Richard, looking at those other three competitions, would it be beyond greedy to say, actually, by the end of the season, Liverpool wants to be looking at having landed at least two honours this season, whether it be a domestic double in the Carabao Cup and FA Cup or, or the Champions League? I think that's entirely realistic, to be honest with you. Um, I would kind of probably be of the opinion that perhaps the Premier League might be uh, a bridge too far. You, as as it was said earlier, you, you should never give up on it. It's, it's probably too it's too early to give up on that, and and I'm sure City are as much as they look like a a machine. Um, most of the time, they, they are capable of dropping points. Um, the problem there is it's just the margin for error is so is so small for Liverpool that they that they, they need to be a machine themselves. Um, so I'm I'm just I'm just doubtful whether they'd be able to get that over the line. And and then when when you you know you look at Klopp's record in domestic cups and it's it, it's not fantastic. Um, but here he is. All of a sudden, he looks to be taking these trophies seriously. And whether that's just because his squad has developed. Over time, but you know, like yesterday, I did think to myself, "What sort of side is he going to put out here? Is he going to go with a more youthful side? Will he have Tyler Morton in the middle? Will he have Kate Gordon up front?" It, it, it was pretty much as strong a side as he could have picked, I think, uh, within reason. And um, they've got the job done. They've got another home game in the next round, and as you say, all the Tiago coming back in and, and Elliot and Diaz, all of a sudden, they do, do look very capable of. Um, being able to compete on, on all fronts, and I think you know the the league the league cup finals are, are a difficult one, isn't it? Because Chelsea are such a good side and such a tough nut to crack um, that that could go either way, couldn't it? Um, I'd, I would always back Liverpool in a situation like that, but um, you could end up playing well in that game and losing it. But I, I do think I'd say two trophies. I think it is realistic. They've got a chance of going deep in the Champions League and the experience and know how to do it. Uh, put it this way, if he didn't walk away with at least one trophy, I'd be severely disappointed. Yeah, he's conquered Europe already, hasn't he, Klopp? But now it's time to go for a domestic domination and, and see what he, he can do. Theo, before we, we move on to the Leicester game, talking of kind of domination, Sadio Mane has got his hands on the AFCON title, slotted away the winning penalty in the shootout, meaning Mohamed Salah didn't get a chance to take one. But he missed one in the opening stages of the game. But I have to say, since the signing of Luis Diaz, so much focus has been on Sadio Mane, maybe for the wrong reasons in terms of, is he going to now drop out of this Liverpool side? That I have to say, I was delighted to see he be the man to, to get his hands on, on the trophy. Yeah, definitely. Like It's in a funny season for Sadio Mane. I think um, the journalists were talking about it after the defeat at Leicester. He was on, I think, the longest goal-scoring drought of his Liverpool career. And it's like, it might actually be a blessing that he's got the Cup of Nations 
because he can go away, he can be the main man, and he might be able to find some form, find some confidence. And I know he scored a couple of goals, didn't he, before he went away for it, but it has been his tournament. He's been player of the tournament. He's got some goals. He stepped up for big moments. He was the match winner. He could have been the match winner in normal time if uh, Mo hadn't been whispering sweet nothings in the goalkeeper's ears or put him off and everything. But he showed um, big balls to take that penalty in the shootout. And what a spot kick as well it was, finding the bottom corner. And it is great for him because it's easy to forget. He is a big part of why Liverpool managed to take that next step under Jurgen Klopp. It was his goals that helped get them into the Champions League in the first place. And then Mohamed Salah came in, stole his thunder a little bit, became the new star man. But Mane had been the original one, the one who could be this leading goal scorer. Like he shared the golden boot with him before, so we know he's got the talent. Um, if it wasn't for um, football having to hold during the pandemic at the start, maybe he'd have got more attention during the Premier League winning year as well because he got so many winners in that season. He was standing out more than Salah for majority of it. And then that all just got overlooked because of that final chunk of the season where they actually got the title one. Players weren't quite at it. And since then, he's not been at his best. He's had some great games, but then he's had long goal-scoring droughts. And it got to the point where you think, well, He's going to be 30 by the end of the season. He's out of contract in 18 months. Maybe a part of the parting of the ways is coming. He's a player who will want to be starting games. He'll be severely disappointed if he's left out for Diaz here. But it's a point to prove and he's gone and done it. He's up against his teammate. Who they're obviously very close with. We saw them uh, hugging before the game. We saw them consoling him after the game, him and Salah. They are, they are close, despite any suggestions of a rivalry or them not getting on, not passing the ball to each other. And it was just nice for him to get that moment and be the king of Africa. Like, it could mean a lot for him because it could be help him in contract negotiations for a start or help him with wherever he ends up going next if he does leave Liverpool. Because he said, hang on, I've just done this. It shows that there's a bit more about him. He isn't on the decline as such. Whereas Salah, if he'd won the Ballon d'Or, you'd say... No, sorry, if he won the Cup of Nations, that you could say, given the Ballon d'Or now, that would be a great start for him in those aspirations. But Mane set out a little reminder here. Um, and then it's, well, hopefully he can take that confidence back into the rest of the season. He's got a new signing breathing down his neck now. Uh, if Simakas had the impact on Robertson, hopefully Diaz can have the impact on Mane. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see how that one does play out. And yeah, just absolutely fantastic for Sadio Mane. Commiserations to Mohamed Salah. I'm sure he'll come back to, to Anfield, score a hat-trick and get himself over it. Albeit, do understand exactly how much AFCON does mean for him. But of course, there isn't, there is a, another tournament of that not too far away. Let's move on then to the midweek action. Leicester City heading to Anfield. Matt, I suppose there's a, a, a wrong to right here. There was obviously the, the Carabao Cup game and the angst between the sets of supporters and Diogo Jota rising to the fore in that game. But the league game, really one that sticks in the throat for, for all the wrong reasons for Liverpool. Yeah, they'll want to put that right, I think. And it's a Leicester team, weirdly, that has struggled a lot this season. Certainly, judging by what Brendan Rodgers had to say of his players over the weekend, hasn't been best pleased with them of late. And yeah, that, that game does sort of stick in, in the back of your mind, doesn't it? It was a, a low point this season. There's been lots of, of high points, but Liverpool certainly didn't play particularly well on, on that occasion. But yeah, I mean, look, you, you don't want to speak too soon or, or say anything to, to sort of jinx it. But, you know, the way that Liverpool are, the squad that they've got now compared to, to what Leicester are doing and, and the struggles that they've had. I mean, they've just got battered by Nottingham Forest, wasn't it, over the, the weekend? I mean, you, you just can't Good see anything. Forest. Yeah, well, yeah, not as good as Leicester though, surely. But um, 
not not a team that that Liverpool certainly in the form that that both teams are in should be should be losing points against. I mean, it it would typically be a very sort of difficult game, wouldn't it? But you know, going into it now, I'm sure Leicester will want to to put right their their own wrongs from the weekend. But with all the motivation, all of the the quality and, and the form seemingly in Liverpool's favour, I mean, you, you just can't really look past a, a Liverpool win and. Ultimately, like we said, for, for the Premier League title, if if they don't win, that, that could be it. So it's, yeah, the, the the pressure is on Liverpool going into this one. But I honestly, you know, if, if Liverpool play anything like what they can do and what they have been of, of late, then they shouldn't have too many problems. We're not a Leicester City podcast, of course we're not, Richard, but have you kind of... What he felt like it last few weeks. spoken <laughs> about them far too often, played them far too often. Have there some similarities between kind of the... The Rogers era at Liverpool and, and what he's done at Leicester. Albeit he's been to Celtic, he's he's won a shed load of, of trophies up there. It does seem to have really developed and improved as a manager. But equally, he got Leicester maybe over the line where Liverpool didn't in that 13-14 season. And then the following campaign, it began to unravel unravel certainly defensively at a rate of knots. Yeah, one thing I can say about Brendan Rogers' sides is they're always good to watch. Um, and I, I enjoyed his time as as manager at Anfield. Um, I, but although it definitely ended at the right time, if if not a little six months um, too late. But and I, and I think he's that way, that style of play that he has, he's he's took that to Leicester. And and, and with the talented players that they've got at their disposal, he, he offers a good product which people enjoy to watch. And if, you know, if Leicester. If Leicester were playing on a Sunday afternoon and, and Liverpool or or whoever wasn't involved, it was just a neutral game, then would have watched it definitely. And I think I think that's uh, that's kudos to him. Uh, defensively, yeah, the, maybe not not the best. And obviously Liverpool have got the players to be able to exploit that. Um, they always seem to um, perform pretty, uh, pretty well though against Liverpool. I think that's something to be wary of. Um, I, I'd like to see a fast start on Thursday and, and try and try and put it to bed a, a, as early as possible if, if, if that is at all um, a possibility. But uh, yeah, the, 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 we've, Liverpool have got the players to be able to get round the back of them and, co- and cause problems. And it's just, I just think as long as the concentration levels there, you don't don't give them uh, a sniff of getting into the game because you know they, they have got players like Madison who can really hurt you if you if you give them the opportunity to. But I, I would still, I haven't said all that. I would expect Liverpool to win on Thursday. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, we'll get to our team selector and match prediction now then. So we will pick our team to uh, face the Foxes at Anfield. Alison Becker, I will I'll make the brave shout saying he can be between the sticks having been driving around listening to LA, LA, LA on loop. But Theo, what about the back four then? What, what are you thinking? Um, Trent at right back. Yep. Robertson backing at left back, which is harsh on Simicast, but Robertson is still first choice for now. I think I'm going to keep the centre-backs the same because Leicester, we saw at Anfield and actually saw at King Power as well, they like to run in behind the Liverpool defenders. They like to try and break that offside trap and it has caused them problems in both those games. And with Vardy might be out, but they've still got Daka, they've still got Inanacho. That is a lot of pace. Um, Canate's got a bit more pace than Matip. So I think it's a good game to keep him with Van Dijk. He did pretty well against uh, Cardiff in the championship side. But if that is going to be a more long-term Liverpool partnership, we need to see a few more games from him to forge that relationship that he'd already forged with um, Gomez, with Matip. 
so yeah, no reason why to change those. Might as well keep them together, see what they can do against uh, Leicester City. Yeah, just quickly come back to you on that. As you say, you feel now it's kind of the time to actually... Canate's had enough time to, to kind of bed in, hasn't he? Actually now give him a consistent run. And and, and with Simicast, at what point does the question get asked that actually for a league game when Robertson is fit, he is put in ahead of him, not just because Robertson needs a rest, but actually due to his form, because this year he's, he's been brilliant when he's been in. Yes, he has. And Robertson did have a shaky start to the season with the Euros and the injury. But I think it's probably since the start of December, Robertson's been really good again. He's been getting lots of assists. He's been getting forward. Um, sort of not didn't lose his way, but the pressure, um, the attention was taken off him when he got that red card. Like you sort of forgot that he was back to form and he had to prove it again a little bit. But he's still been great for these last few weeks. And I know Klopp's come out and said he can't just stick with the players that have been um, good for him. He's got to choose the best team for today, not the best team for yesterday. But Robertson is still young enough to be in the best team for today when he's on form. Uh, it is harsh on Simicass because you'd say there's probably 18 teams in the Premier League he'd be first choice for. It, depending on how strong you want to go on some of these fullbacks, I could say he's a lot better than uh, a Kieran Tierney. Just see if I'm getting that reaction there. There it is. <laughs> no, I, mean, I mean, you'd argue you'd even get in City's team given they don't really play with a left back. Cancelo anyway. plays left back, so I didn't want to go for that one. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, you, said, you said you're picking a team for today. Matt, I want to know about Thursday's team. What's your back for? <laughs> um, I'm going to agree with Theo, actually. I'm going to bring Robertson in. Trent will definitely be in. And just sort of looking ahead, I think probably what Jurgen Klopp has done in the past is, is play... Ibrahim Akonate for a couple of games and then Matip for a couple of games and where Joe Gomez fits into that, I'm not quite sure. He was incredibly unlucky to, to miss out, obviously, over the weekend. I was disappointed not to be able to, to see him because I still think he's got you know, a, a long future ahead of him at Liverpool if he can stay patient and, and find his way back to, to form and, and full fitness. So, yeah, I think I think you go with, with Konate for this one then have Matic for a couple and, and just continue like like that, really. I think you've you've got to go strong. And given the fact that, that Conate has played over the weekend, I think it, it makes sense to keep with that rhythm and, and go again for, for him. Richard, you're going to chop things up on your first team selector or you go with yeah. the same back four? I, I had Matip in it. I had Matip in it. All the, the rest of it was the same, but I did have Matip in it. I just think he's been outstanding. Although I do think that Theo and Matt have made a very good case for uh, the inclusion of Kanata, and I do reserve the right to uh, change my mind. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I did have Matip in, but I think Kanata, uh, the pace thing is is a good point. So uh, yeah, I'll back down. Yeah, now Matt, what about the midfield then? Yeah, loads of options, isn't there? Um, I mean, Fabinho, we would assume, would come back in. You'd imagine Jordan Henderson will be there. And I'm going to go with Thiago, which is... Probably on paper, the strongest midfield Liverpool have. I think I'd probably go for those three. I know there'll be a lot of shouts for Harvey Elliott to come in, but I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case from the start just yet. I think there's, you know, obviously Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain was was like Gomez. He missed out. He could come in. You've got then Milner and, and Cater and so many options. But yeah, it, even with everyone fit, I think for me, it still comes back to Fabinho, Henderson and Thiago. But I'm sure... Now we might might see another little glimpse of, of Harvey Elliott hopefully off the sidelines. Theo, what do you make of that? Are you going with that or it's such a hard one now they've got so many players available? Like but Thiago was the last sub brought on, wasn't he? Against yeah. Cardiff. Now was he last man brought on because he was the one who was not as fit as Harvey Elliott, 
or because they're saving him for the Premier League games, it was just giving him a few minutes. Um, like, you might as well tread carefully with some of these when you've got these options at your hand now. So I agree, you start Anderson, you start Fabinho. I'm assuming Fabinho was completely left out because he'd been away with Brazil. So it's like, I'll give him the weekend off, let him have a rest where most of his teammates had over the international break. And then Oxlade-Chamberlain, you don't want to rush him because we've seen a few players who've got COVID and then they've not been as good when they've come back. It's taken time. Let him have the minutes on the, the training pitch to get fully up to fitness again before putting him in. Um, it'd be harsh on Curtis Jones to drop him. It'd be harsh on Naby Cater to drop him. Thiago, if it is just they brought him on last because they wanted to save him for Leicester, fair enough. Starts been this one because he, he on paper he is in that first choice Liverpool midfield. But I just think he was further down in his recovery. It was getting him those minutes as part of the recovery, like they did with Minamino against was it Shrewsbury, I think, at the start of last month. So they're going to tread carefully with these players. So I'd say Naby Keita. I agree with Matt. We'll probably see Harvey Elliott off the bench. He's another one. You don't want to just rush too soon. It was a very exciting glimpse we got against Cardiff. But let's have a few more glimpses like that. And then um, he can start against Norwich in the FA Cup and then explode when they really need him to in like Champions League final or Champions League semi-final or something like that. Save him for when it really matters. Tread carefully with these players. They're coming back from injury. You've got the depth user. Right, OK, so what were your three names? Uh, Henderson, Fabinho, Cater. Brilliant, got there in the end. Richard, your midfield three? I'd go with Henderson, Fabinho, and I'm going to play the wild card in Elliot. See what he can do from the start. Going to go from the start. Stick with you then for your, your forward line. Your three names for the top end of the pitch. Oh, I've changed this about three times already. I was going to say, normally the stock answer is the front three, but well, it feels now as though we're going to have a bit of fun with this. Used to be easy, didn't it? Um, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Jota down the middle because I just think he's absolutely outstanding and has just made that position his own. And I've haven't changed my mind from this morning. I've decided. I think Mane is rising a crest of a wave now after last night and could have a positive impact coming back in. As long as these, long as with the jet travel and everything, they're okay. And and I think it's inconceivable that you could leave. No Salah out. So if if they're fit and raring to go, I'd go with Salah, Giotto, Mane, with Diaz to come off the bench and cause some fireworks and, and uh, Firmino there to tidy things up as well. Yeah, be interesting to see with, with all of that. Matt, your three names? I'm going to go Jota off the left, Firmino in the middle and Salah on the right. I think there is there is a good argument to make for Sadio Mane to be there, but I think the celebrations might have taken it out of, of him a little bit. I'm sure he'll be on the bench. Um, I think he will probably come off the bench, but I don't know. Then you've, I suppose then you've got two players to come off the bench, haven't you, in Mane and, and Diaz, who both want to play in the same position. So it's, uh, it's a tough one, but I'm, I'm going to stick with, with Firmino and, and Jota on the left and I think Mohamed Salah is just one of those players that if you don't play him, it, it only makes things worse for him. I think he'll want to, to get back on the pitch as soon as he possibly can. Yeah, Marnie's going to be a day's recovery for the 120 minutes he played and a day's recovery for all the dancing and celebrating he's done since lifting that trophy. Theo, what's your front three? Um, I'm going to agree with Mino down the middle, Jota on the left. But I can't decide on that right one because I'd argue Salah's the one you need to have on the bench because he's had so many extra times over in Cameroon. I know he'll want to play. He'll want to put that disappointment behind him. You think maybe go out there and it would help him. But he's played a hell of a lot of football in, what, a week and a half. And it's going to take its toll. And then you've got the travelling as well. 
Marley's going to be on a high after winning the, the Cup of Nations. But then I think Klopp said it will be flying to Senegal now and then it'll be coming back. So you don't know when he's actually going to return to trading. So maybe you just put Diaz in there for a front three and you have either him or Jota out of position on the right and see what they can do just to give him a start and then take him off after an hour for Salah and Mane. But yeah, um, for this one, I reckon he can protect the African lads a little bit because it will have taken its toll. They've played a lot of football in a short space of time and then the travelling. Use the players you've actually been able to see in training and it's going to be another three days in training for Diaz. Uh, if he can do what he did against Cardiff off one, two training sessions, it should be put him in a good place to start. Right, OK. Quickly then, match result predictions. Theo, Richard, then Matt. Theo, you're up first. 2-1 Liverpool. Richard? 3-1 Liverpool. 3-1. 3-0. Right, we'll have to wait and see if that is how it does play out at Anfield. Remember to stick across all of the build-up here on the Blood Red channel. Of course, plenty to come on the Liverpool Echo as well, where you can follow the match with the live match blog and plenty of post-match reaction. But for myself, Guy Clark, Matt Addison, Theo Squires and Richard Garnett, thanks for your time and your company. It's bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.